You're listening to episode 73 of the Influencer Podcast. Now, this week's guest is someone I truly admire for her authenticity as an influencer and just as an amazing human being. Sarah Tripp created Sassy Red Lipstick, a body positive fashion and lifestyle blog dedicated to helping women find their confidence within. By keeping it real and speaking her truth, Sarah has grown an engaged Instagram audience consisting of nearly 400,000 women from all over the globe. And today we're talking about how going viral tripled her following in literally like a couple of weeks and the most common mistake influencers make that she sees and how you can avoid it. Plus how to handle body shaming on social media, the comparison itises that we all get through and so much more. So let's welcome her to the show. This show is brought to you by our free webinar, Pitch It Perfect, a completely free webinar that gives you access to my five steps for helping bloggers and influencers like you land brand collabs, press, and negotiate better deals. This webinar has strategies and steps that will literally blow your mind. You can join the free webinar by going to pitchitperfect.net forward slash webinar. Before we dive on into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to Lindsay Capel, who is our reviewer of the week. And she says, I first discovered this podcast when I decided to leave home and start a new life for myself. I was driving for Uber at the time and came across the podcast. I look forward to getting in my car and listening to you every week. And I think everyone can gain something from this podcast. Julie is sweet, positive, caring, and passionate. And I love the drive with this episode. Well, thank you so much. I am so glad that we are making your job on the road a lot more enjoyable and a lot more hopefully creative as well. Thank you for sending that in. Now, if you are someone who listens in every week first, I would love if you would subscribe to the Influencer Podcast. I know that it kind of sounds like a small ask, but it really does let us know how many people are tuning in each week and how many People really love to have us in your earbuds every week. So we really appreciate those subscriptions and you can do that over on iTunes. And you can also give us a little shout out as a review in iTunes because we love to take those reviews and highlight them in upcoming episodes like I just did with Miss Lindsay's Now. Make sure to please screenshot this episode that we're about to dive into on your phone and tag me on Instagram story at Joel Solomon and our incredible guest today at Sassy Red Lipstick and hashtag the influencer podcast to let us know that you're joining in today because as you know we love to take those screenshots and share them on our stories as well Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. Each week, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist and New York Times bestselling publicist, takes you behind the scenes with successful influencers, bloggers, and industry elites in conversation to share how they engage, persuade, and grow their unique influence. Her mission is to share exclusive insider tips, wisdom, and action-based tools to help you strengthen, monetize, and build your own industry-leading influence. Hi, Sarah. It's so great to have you here with us today. Hi, Julie. Thanks for having me. Yes. So I just want to dive right on in. Um, One question that I ask everyone that comes on the show is, what does influence mean to you? And I would love to pose that question to you now. Oh, that is a great question. I don't think I've ever actually been asked that in that way. I think influence to me means having a platform and having a voice and sharing whatever you're passionate about with that audience. I love that. That's a 
That's a great answer. Thank you. Um, okay. So I just want to dive into how you got started, a little bit of who you are, if you want to share with everyone um, who may not be following you yet, who you are when you got started blogging and how it's kind of evolved into being this amazing brand that it is today. Yeah, great. Well, yeah, let's just dive right in. So I was born and raised in Las Vegas. Um, Yes, I think a lot of people (laughs) always laugh about that because you don't hear that very often, but I have always loved fashion. Um, I started working for Nordstrom when I was a sophomore in high school and then went on to work for them post high school, during college, after college. So I was always just really immersed in the latest trends and brands and things of that nature. I graduated with a degree in advertising from college. And to do so, I had to go do an internship. And I chose to do mine in New York City. And I went interned at a fashion forward ad agency just right in the heart of Manhattan and lived there for a summer. And it was then that I just was so inspired by all the different kinds of styles and fashion and, you know, just seeing everybody's personal street style was just really inspiring to me. And I had been reading blogs for a long time before that. So this was summer of 2013. Um, And I actually had my own blog too, that kind of just documented my college days. And I did a study abroad in Jerusalem and then my time in New York and like that nature was just kind of a written blog, didn't have that many photos or anything. But when I returned home from that, my then boyfriend, now husband, encouraged me to finally start my fashion blog because I had been reading them for so long and I had just felt so inspired living in New York. And so right before my senior year of college, we launched Sassier Lipstick in 2013. And here we are. It is almost five years later. It'll be five years in August. So yeah, it's been quite the journey. Things have definitely changed in the last five years. When I first started my blog, it was primarily all fashion, which was what I had been reading for a really long time. And kind of just how I took example from girls like Blair Eady from Atlantic to Pacific and Emily Schumann from Cupcakes and Cashmere. And it's obviously just really evolved in the last five years as my life has evolved. So about a year and a half, two years in, I kind of was just feeling really stuck and doing the same kind of posts over and over again. And I wanted my blog to have more depth. So I decided to put out into the world my own self-love body positive journey. And it was my first post talking about this topic. And I was really nervous to do so, but it ended up being the best thing I've ever done. And it was kind of before body positivity was trending. Obviously it's huge now and the media and brands and um, things like that. But It was really scary to do so at the time because people weren't really talking about it yet, but it was just so relatable to so many women and girls all over the country. And I just realized how it was such an important topic to talk about. So that kind of launched the new path for Sassier Lipstick. And since then, it's obviously just grown into this huge platform where I talk a lot about taboo topics that we all deal with, you know, as far as like stretch marks and weight gain and weight loss and having to deal with just being a woman, a woman in everyday society. So yeah, here we are five years later and I have been so blessed to have this platform or influence as you asked, just to be able to really relate to so many women and young women now all over the world um, with this topic and platform. 
And I know that you have such <clears throat> such a large following, but such a, an engaged following and engaged yes. community. What do you think has attributed to that over time? And, and I would love if you could even think back, because I think a lot of times my listeners, um, when we have bloggers or influencers on who who, you know, they have, they've been doing it for a while. So they have this large following, this large mm-hmm. brand. They're, they're always wonder kind of like, okay, but how did you do it? Like when you didn't have a large following, what did, what did the days look like then? Like, how did you actually make this grow? So I would love if you could kind yeah. of take us back and let us know, you know, what you think contributed to the success over time of Sassy Red Lipstick. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with being consistent. And I tell people this all the time who come to me and want advice about blocking is that you can't do it for the money because I think a lot of people now, especially now because the industry has grown into being able to have a career out of it, people just see dollar signs and think, oh, it's super easy. I'll just slap up some blog posts and Instagram posts, but it's not even close to that. You have to have a real passion for it and being consistent and being engaged with your audience. And for me, that's something I have tried so hard to do for so long is to still have conversations with everyone who follows me. So I, to this day, still answer every single DM and every single email myself. I don't even have an assistant. And um, it's really, I think, helped build that audience who trusts me, who knows me, who realizes, I mean, yes, I have a platform, but I am still just Oh, average woman who is trying to, you know, just share some of my advice and my life experiences. And I am just able to have really meaningful conversations with a lot of women all over the world. And I think just being grounded in that, in that place for me has really helped me grow and helped just gain that loyal, engaged audience. But you know, it's taken a lot, a lot of hard work. So when I first started blogging, like I said, it was right before my senior year of college and I did outfit posts, my then boyfriend, now husband, he took all my photos. And I think I was actually posting Monday, Wednesday, Friday, pretty consistently. Um, and you know, when I first started talking about body positivity topics and publishing posts like that, we obviously added those into the mix. Um, and at the time after I graduated college, I was working full-time in retail at Nordstrom. Actually did their, um, management training program for, uh, like six months. And, you know, it was hard. It was hard to find the time. And then after that, I worked for, I actually worked for another blogger for a little bit in Utah. And then after that, I worked full-time, um, for a fashion brand in Utah and did their e-commerce. So I learned a lot about that side of the business too. And it's hard. It's hard to balance everything, but I was so passionate about it. And I, I just so wanted to do it where it finally came a point that I was at work and I just was like, why am I doing this for somebody else? The exact same thing that I should be doing as far as like styling photo shoots and publishing posts and sending out emails. Why am I doing this for somebody else when I myself just want to do it for me and my own brand? And at the time I was very blessed that my husband had a full-time job and he was able to support me while I decided to first, I just kind of went part-time with my own job and then eventually I left that completely and was able to go full-time with Sassy Lipstick. And then like last year, I think it was March of 2017, my husband came on full-time with me. And so that's, that's been over a year now. And we just have seen the incredible success and growth of just, you know, making that leap of faith that this is what we want to do and we're just going to do it and just, you know, go steam right on ahead and work our hardest and work our best. And here we are with this successful brand five years later. So it's just that easy, right? (laughs) Yeah, I wish. I mean, 
you know, there's obviously, I think one of our favorite quotes is you can work 80 hours, 40 hours a week for your boss or 80 hours a week for yourself, which is so true because I'm, I'm sure as you know, when you work for yourself, there's just no, there is, it's really hard to balance work and life. And, you know, when is, when do you draw the line of putting aside work to have some personal time and things like that. So there's a lot of late nights and early mornings and long weeks, but we wouldn't have it any other way. Well, and I really think it, it constitutes, cause I, I say this a lot of times that people think that, you know, this can be easy or people think that, you know, there's some kind of like secret, um, end result or secret, mm-hmm kind of message or, you know, what's the secret to the growth, really some kind Mm -hmm. of secret thing that they don't know. But really what I always hear time and time again, and what I hear you saying today is that, you know, part of the reason there's been lots of reasons to contribute to your success. I think a lot of it, of course, like you mentioned, we're going to dive into more of that today is, Mm -hmm. is your body positive message. The fact that you are real, that you show up in a real way, that you share your vulnerabilities, your struggles, your challenges, your Mm -hmm. fears, you, you really let your community into your life, into who you are as a human. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of it also has to do with endurance and resilience. You've been doing this since 2013. Mm-hmm. You've been doing this for five years now. So keeping a business going for five years is not easy. It is not no. for the faint of heart. <laughs> it takes a lot of resilience and a lot of endurance. And I think a lot of times people don't realize is that, you know, at the end of the day, no, you know, not only do you really, really, really love what you do, but you have the resilience and the endurance to keep it going. So Mm -hmm. someone that may be coming into this space now, if they don't really, really love to do it and really love to wake up and do the work and grow and create the content, they're going to have a really hard time trying to stand beside the other women who, who really, really, really love to do it, but also have the endurance and the resilience to keep it going. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. Yeah, I think there's, I think that there's a lot to be said in that and that just, you know, and that endurance and that resilience really does come from your passion and your why. Mm -hmm. So I would love to know, um, you know, where did, you know, obviously your passion is, you know, showing up and and sharing your vulnerabilities and sharing your body Mm -hmm. positive message, which we'll, we'll kind of get more into that. But I want to kind of know, you know, what drives your passion, which is your why, why is it so important for you to share your voice and to be seen and to be heard now in your life? Um, and why is that important for you to encourage your audience to do the same? Yeah. I mean, I think my why has changed over time just as my business has evolved, but you know, I decided to kind of reach deeper and find a niche to talk about that really, really meant something to me about a year and a half, two years in. And since then, I just feel like my why is getting those messages from women or young women all over the world who said, you know what, you help me feel good about myself, or you help me love this part of my body, or I put on a swimsuit today for the first time in years, or even the messages from mothers who say, I am so glad that my teenage daughter follows you and has somebody who is a true role model, which it's just so weird to hear that. You know, I never expected to be that kind of a person, but is a true role model and someone I want my daughter to look up to, especially. And, you know, we obviously have this crazy media and social media world where things get distorted really easily and the important things of life get pushed aside for fame and money and beauty and things of that nature. But really helping women and young women find their confidence within is my why 100%. I love that. And have you seen yourself allow, I guess what I'm trying, have you seen yourself not allow, but have you allowed yourself is what I meant to say Mm -hmm. to 
to be seen and, and heard in a more authentic way because of the encouragement that your community gets and really the response that you've been getting for your, from your community? Yeah, I think every single time I post something a little bit more vulnerable than the next post, it just explodes. And, you know, women just say, for example, um, like six months ago, I was showing a new watch I bought and actually I received and I had no idea. I guess this was something that I had been self-conscious of growing up. Um, but I just had gotten over it as I got older. Anyways, some woman had commented on my arm hair and basically said, this is disgusting. Why would you show this? And I, you know, I am over the point. I, it was something I really was, would have been mortified with if I had been 12 years old, 15 years old, because I did shave my arms all throughout high school. And Mm. then, you know, as I got older, I just kind of realized, okay, we all have hair and (laughs) some people have darker hair and some people have more hair. And the funny thing is, is my arm hair is actually, it's totally lightened a lot since I was even younger and things like that. But I screenshotted it and just said, like, if you are feeling self-conscious about your hair, like, you know, don't, because we all have hair. And I, I think besides when we went viral, I think that's the most I've ever gotten DMs. Like women just told me all their stories about how they have been self-conscious or still are self-conscious about their arm hair. And, you know, it was something so little that I had really never had even thought about talking about before, just because it's not something that I really feel the same way that I used to. But, you know, being able to talk about these things that a lot of women go through that I think we forget, even if it's as small as arm hair, that's helped me just share the little things that I am vulnerable about that I, you know, maybe didn't think that other women were. And I think just being able to be relatable in those ways, that's what has drawn my very engaged, authentic community. And can you share with us what went viral for you? Yes, of course. So last, it was last, the very end of July last year, my husband actually did a post on his Instagram about me. And it was basically just talking about how society thinks of beauty and how we need to change those ways and how he's attracted to me for being a curvier woman. And it just exploded. It was everywhere. And, you know, you can never choose what goes viral. I think people forget that. And I think a lot of people also didn't realize that I myself am a body positive fashion blogger. And I talk about these kinds of topics all the time because a lot of people commented saying, oh, this husband's just trying to build his wife up and make her feel good about herself. But they just didn't realize, you know, our story or anything like that. But anyways, it just went completely viral. We were covered on everything from People Magazine. We had our own five-minute segment on Good Morning America. We were on Good Morning Britain. We were interviewed for BBC Radio. And to this day, we still get followers who send us this article that went viral in their own language from all corners of the earth. And, you know, stories get recycled when they go viral. So it's gone viral a few more times in the Latin community. I have a lot of followers in Brazil and Mexico now as well. So it was crazy. Um, The message was obviously very heartfelt and just very real. And, you know, we obviously had, it's the internet. So some people wanted to twist what was being said and things of that nature, but It did definitely help catapult our platforms. So when people ask for advice about growing a following, I'm like, well, work hard, be passionate, and then hopefully go viral because that always helps. Um, But yeah, it was so, it was so crazy. 
My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business business for sponsoring the show. And what do you think contributed to, because it's, it's, it's hard to go viral. Um, yeah. you know, so what do you think contributed to that story and that message going viral? Yeah. Well, for about the first, I would say three or four days, the reason why it was going viral is because men and women were tagging their significant others and just saying, Hey, look, here's a curvy husband who, or here's a husband who loves his curvy wife or you know, here's a husband tagging a wife and saying, I love you just like he loves his curvy wife and things like that. So it was seriously just relatability. And that's how it all started. And then from there, was it just kind of, um, you started press, started media, started calling you and the press wanted yes. to cover more. Yes. Yes. Which I, we've never had this happen before. So I, I had no idea how it even worked. But yes. And yeah, that's, everyone um, was emailing us. And somehow, I guess when you, when news, um, breaks, yeah. When, yep. when news breaks, like your information is just in this database for news stations. And so people yep. had our number and we're calling us and it was so crazy. Yeah. It actually goes out to something called the wire. Oh, okay. um, yeah. It's a news wire. And so that's how they're able, well, and now that everything's, I mean, social media, there's so much information out right. there. I'm sure right. that you probably had editors just DMing you or totally. emailing you, yep. you know, saying, Hey, yeah. can we set up a call? But that's yes. really how it happens. And it really, it only takes one media outlet picking it up for yep. everyone else to jump on it. And and if it is a message that is either, you know, of course, controversial, political, but if it's one that's really coming from a place of vulnerability and authenticity and kind of showing a side that what we as a society may not see as being mm -hmm. um, common, yes, that usually helps. Um, yeah. So from going viral, I would love to talk like stats and just kind of get an yeah, idea from you. How much did you grow and how fast did you grow after you oh, went viral? And how man. long did the viral, was it like over a week, over five days? How long did that take? Um, wow, that's a really good question. So I was at, hmm, what was my, I would say that I like tripled my following. Oh. And yeah, and that, I feel like that spanned for probably almost a month because we, like I said, we did have some backlash. So the story was constantly, it was all positive and then it was negative and then it was positive people, you know, answering back to those negative and negative answering back to those. It was just like this weird circle where we honestly were just so overwhelmed for a really long time. And, um, but yeah, it, and it was like my husband, for example, I think he had like 25 K when we started cause he, he's a writer. And so he had his own platform and then he just hit a hundred K 
within the last like two months. So his like definitely catapulted as well. Cause it hasn't even been a year yet. And so, yeah, we just, we saw such an increase to my site. And of course, you know, once somebody posts it on, cause it's one thing for channels to, you know, write their news story, but then when they repost the image on their social, that's when you really see your social jump and everything. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, those, those images were being reposted for what I feel like was at least, yeah, three or four weeks and our following just kept increasing. That's amazing. So you went, did you go from like 100,000 to like over 300,000? Yeah, about that. I think when we went viral, I had like one, like 30 about because I had hit a hundred K like that, that May. And then we, at the end of July when we went viral. So yeah, so crazy. And then how was your engagement? Did the engagement go up as well? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. And just finally being able to, you know, it was everything I wanted as far as the right kind of like, I don't want to say the right kind of woman, but the, you know, as far as like having more curvy followers, that is exactly what I wanted. And those are the types of women who followed me. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and so then I have to know, so after you went viral, after you, you leveraged all of this media and all of this press, mm-hmm. obviously you had a hundred thousand followers before. So you, you already knew what you were doing and I'm yeah. sure you were already <laughs> getting tons of brand deals, but how did the brand deals change after you went viral? You know, I just feel like it was so steady and I actually signed with an agency in, um, end of September and just to be able to have representation, I feel like brands just took me a lot more seriously as well. Um, but there were so many really great relationships we had already formed. So I had already done like a few campaigns with Aerie, which is such a huge brand to me and it just fits my platform perfectly. And we'd done a few, we had done one campaign with Nike already. And so just to further those relationships and just say, Hey, I have like, you know, we sent our emails to a lot of our brands that we've worked with in the past saying, Hey, this is how much my platform has increased. I love to, you know, talk about doing another campaign and things like that, just so that they knew that we had a broader audience. Mm. And I, I just love to kind of hear, um, the transgression of kind of how our, not, I guess the expansion of how all of that happened, I guess I should say not the transgression. Um, <laughs> but, um, was it, were you treated diff- differently after you went viral by brands or by your community? Yeah. Well, I would say, I feel like when I went to fashion week in September, so this was just a few months after we went viral. I feel like that was the first time where I like would walk into an event and people, bloggers who I hadn't necessarily met in real life, but just online or who who would just follow me online that I didn't necessarily know would come up to me and just like gush about this story and everything like that. And that's the first time that had ever really happened. Um, it really has taken me a long time to find my way in the fashion industry because I am, I like to call myself an in-betweeny. I'm a size 10, 12, so I'm not plus size and I'm not what most people consider like a straight size blogger or, you know, model or whatever. So I've had to really find my own way in the fashion industry. I'm sure if, you know, you talk to other fashion bloggers or, you know, from your own experience, like it can be, it can be hard. It can be hard to, you know, kind of try and fit in this box. I never, I never fit into that box of what a blogger should look like and things like that. And so to finally have women who recognize me and just wanted to talk to me about how relatable the story was and everything that, that was big. And I love that. I love that you were able to kind of connect with them in that way. 
and, mm-hmm. and really, um, you know, just leverage what this opportunity of going viral did for you. Thank you mm-hmm. for sharing all of that. Yeah, I find that fascinating. I'm sure that those listening also find it fascinating. <laughs> Me coming from the PR background, I can talk media all day long and yeah, I love I'm that. Sure. <laughs> um, and so I would love to know, um, a little bit, if we want to talk about, because I know that you've done a ton of media from going viral. Yeah. Have you um, have you acquired media or wanted to do anything for after going viral, anything in terms of a public pa- platform, whether it be speaking or doing more media opportunities from that? Was that something that you kind of found that you enjoyed doing as part of your platform? I have done a few speaking things. I actually just spoke at the Roar Style Conference in Dallas um, end of April. And Speaking is not something that I'm super passionate about because I just would have much rather, I don't really like the attention as far as like the limelight. I would much rather like <laughs> lay low and just have more one-on-one conversations with followers or brands or whoever it may be. Um, but just having the opportunities to be able to expand our business, that's what it really was all about. So I think for anyone in my position, you know, you see what's working as far as sponsored posts and doing things like these podcasts, but expanding your, your business. So you're expanding your income as you know, my husband and I would actually love to start a podcast in the future just because people love hearing from us about relationships, um, and things of that nature, but also, you know, in the future, I definitely want to have a clothing line. So whether that be swimsuits, because that's, I feel like what I'm in the most mm-hmm. or body suits, things that are really relatable to curvy girls, you know, having those opportunities be opened that I feel like is what was most exciting for both of us. And we've actually had several people, um, several in several publications interested in writing a book in the future. So lots of doors have opened, which was definitely the highlight of it. Love that. Um, yeah. okay. Well, I want to talk about some challenges for a moment. And cause yeah. you had told me that you, you and Robbie always talk about you know, challenges that our industry and the influencers are facing Mm -hmm. now. And you were saying Mm -hmm. how you couldn't even imagine how overwhelming or frustrating it would be to start a blog in today's market because it's so saturated. So how did it look like for you when you first started? Could you take us back in terms of just the marketplace? Because I feel like that even though the market is saturated, I feel like when it comes to strategy and when it comes to creating good content, the foundation of that remains the same. And I think that there's probably a lot of great gleams that new bloggers and influencers coming into today's market could actually take from the OG ones. Mm -hmm. Um, They may just not know what they were. Yeah, I think, and I I don't want to ever like discourage anyone from starting a blog. I don't, I don't think that's what I meant by that statement. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because people ask me all the time and I I like to share my tips and I'm happy to do so. I think for us, we mean as far as like growing your social audience, because it's hard for me even to continue to grow. And so I feel like that would, is what the biggest challenge would be if you were to start your own brand today. But obviously it happens all the time and people are still doing well, even the newbies. And so when I started yeah, five years ago, and I feel like this was kind of the second wave of influencers. I feel like the first wave kind of started in 2010, 2011, and I started in 2013. So it was kind of what I feel like was the second wave. And it was so different. You know, people, reward style had just, I think that they had technically been around for like two years, but like to know it hadn't, that wasn't even it wasn't even available yet. So being able to like, you know, link your outfits on Instagram and 
Yeah. I just feel like people didn't take you as seriously because it was such an, I mean, it still is like such a new industry where my family, my parents and Robbie's parents, they finally get it and support us. But it took a really long time because they were like, what are you doing? You know, and don't even get me started on my grandparents. They just don't even understand it all because it's that generation, you know, but I feel like it took a long time for brands to take you seriously and also to expand the norm as well, because Like I said, I feel like for a long time, there was this box that if you didn't fit into, you kind of felt like there wasn't really a place for you in the blogger world, especially the fashion blogger world, but being able to expand that. And I feel like it's so awesome today because you really can take whatever you're passionate about and make your own niche even, and just run with it. I do think it's probably hard to grow because like I said, I even find myself struggling to grow and we try so many different things and some things work that didn't used to work and some things don't work that used to work. (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's still trial and error for us. And I feel like that's what people have to remember is that it's hard to, it's hard to build a business. And I think the status is that most businesses take like five or six years to see any income. And for us, we didn't even... I mean, we didn't have a full-time salary until the beginning of 2017. So it's really only been, you know, almost a year and a half, but how much, you know, blood, sweat and tears did we put into that beforehand? So yeah, this, the, the industry has changed a lot from when I first started, but I think it's all good. Even with, you know, the algorithm change, which can be very frustrating for a lot of people. I still think there is so much opportunity in this industry and, you just kind of have to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And that is different for every single person and every, because, you know, our brains are all different and then you just have to grind and run with it. And I just, I love what you said too, about how, you know, there were so many blood, sweat and tears for years before you actually yeah. consistently, I mean, from 2013 to 2017, it, it, it that's when you actually started mm-hmm. making a full-time living off of that. So it, it really does give those listening some perspective that this is yeah. not a get rich quick kind no. of <laughs> kind of thing. And I think a lot of times since when it comes to blogging um, in particular and just being an influencer on Instagram, it's, it's such a low barrier of entry, you know, yes. like as long as you have essentially a phone and you download the yeah. Instagram app, like you can start creating content on Instagram. Totally. As long as you like get a WordPress or Squarespace or a Wix and start a website, you can become a blogger and start creating content. So there's really no, like a super, super low barrier of entry, but that doesn't mean that it's easy. And right. I think that that's where kind of the, the hiccup can happen a lot of times that a lot of people think that, um, for whatever reason, that it will just happen a lot faster than it does. And it, at least for the ones who are doing it right, it right. takes a long time. Yeah. It really obviously does. there's, there's overnight Cinderella stories. Sure. But I feel like that's, you know, the 1%. <laughs> exactly. It's the lightning in a bottle. It is not yes. anything that you would ever want to gauge anything against because it's, it's just, it's not sustainable. It's not mm-hmm. realistic. Exactly. Um, so I would love to talk a more about the challenges that you have faced as an influencer. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned to me, um, and I know that you've mentioned this, like when you're talking about the awful thing that someone said to you about your arm hair, which is just a natural <laughs> yeah. part of your body, um, yeah. but getting b- body shamed. Um, and I loved what you said because it's really from all perspectives. You were talking about the trolls and the haters that mm-hmm. you get body shamed. Your thin blogger friends get body shamed. Mom yes. blogger friends get mom shamed. And it's yes. just this endless stream of negative people. And it's like, if you're, you can just never get it right. You're either too fat, too thin, too tall, mm-hmm. too short, too white, too black, you know, and it's, it's, 
it's just hurt people, hurt people. So I would love to know, um, what experiences that you've had with this, but most importantly, how do you, you know, learn how to use it as an opportunity to help and empower that person to maybe think kinder, be kinder, or even if it's just you being kinder, like how, how Mm -hmm. do you navigate that? Yeah, I think, and you know, to your point, I think that the first time I realized that you can never win either way is when we went viral and, you know, the post is all about me being a curvy woman. And I can't tell you when things turned a little bit more negative and we had some pushback just so many people were like, she's not even curvy. You know what I mean? Right, so like, like, you're not curvy enough. <laughs> yeah. So like then I wasn't curvy enough, but on a day to day on my Instagram, I'm too fat. You know what I mean? So it was just like, oh, you really never can win. And like you said, hurt people, hurt people. I think over the years, I've really grown to have a thick skin. I don't really get very upset or let it bother me when people fat shame me or, you know, when it has to do with my body, I think it's more help, hurtful to me when they try and go after who I am as a person. And, um, that just goes to show like, you don't know who I am at all because either you don't follow me and you're just saying these things to be hurtful or you're, I find a lot of times people are projecting their insecurities or their struggles in life onto you. And so I really, I think that I've really grown to have that thick skin about, you know, people can say whatever they want about my body. It is what it is. I feel very confident in my body. And I, I think that the good of having women say, I look up to you. Thanks for sharing this. You've helped me feel more confident. That just takes out all the negative, you know, because it's usually like nine positive comments and one negative comment. Mm -hmm. And our minds always tend to latch onto the negative because we, we don't necessarily want to hear those things or they are just trying to be hurtful as long as I'm, I am totally okay and ready to hear thing like constructive criticism. You know, if somebody's doesn't agree with something I say, that's fine. Like we all are entitled to our opinions, but it's when, you know, you start being hurtful or just plain mean, or just being a troll where it's just like, uh, I'm going to delete that and block you. And most of the time I don't even say anything. Sometimes I will. I think that I've had some conversations with people via DM where I say, Hey, you know what? This actually isn't really nice. Let's talk about it. And a lot of times, more times than not, it's literally them saying, you know what, I'm having a bad day and I'm sorry I said that. That's not what I meant. And it's crazy that, you know, like I said, they're projecting and I can usually tell a difference between a troll and a mean comment like that as far as how like the level of (laughs) being mean or hurtful. Um, And I think it's just sometimes these people need friends and need someone to listen to them. Um, but you know, when it is a troll, it's just block delete and move on. And I have gotten to a place where I can do that, but I know for others, it can be a lot harder. Um, so I mean, in my early years, I definitely struggled a lot more with it, but just over time, I've just come to realize that I'm confident in myself and I'm not going to let some stranger who does not know me at all make me feel bad about who I am Mm. or how I look. I love that. Thank you for sharing that and just being open and honest. Um, That was great. So I would love to know um, more about, I want to kind of talk about kind of mistakes and challenges that you see Mm -hmm. most influencers make. And you said that what you see is that they are kind of doing what you did when you first started, which was just exactly what everyone else was doing, Yes, which I think that we all kind of fall into this imposter syndrome a lot of times. So um, can you share a little bit of that of, you know, when you did it, 
you know, what did that look like? What did you learn from it? And then how did you stop doing it so you could start to be more authentic to who you were and move forward? Yeah. Well, like I said, for the first few years of blogging, I just was looking to the bloggers I looked up to and I wasn't, I don't, I was never like copying them as far as like (laughs) the actual post or anything like that, especially because I never looked like any of those bloggers to begin with, but I was just putting up outfit posts and kind of following their format within the post of how, you know, like photos, copy, linking the outfit or, or however the format was kind of a thing. And Nowadays, I just feel like there's so much room for authenticity because there's just so much diversity in the world and with whatever you're passionate about. But I do feel like I see a lot of people just falling into, I don't know if it's just them not knowing how else to do it or just kind of falling into the slump of doing what everyone else is doing. But I, you know, I was there once and that was at the point where I decided, okay, I need to dig deep and talk about something that I'm actually really, really passionate about. Not that I didn't love fashion, but just something with more depth. And that really worked for me. And so I think a lot of times, you know, it comes back to people seeing dollar signs within this industry because obviously all of us who make a living off of this still need to pay the bills and put food on the table and things like that. But when it just doesn't feel authentic or feel right, I think that's when you need to take a step back and think, okay, does this does this campaign really align with what I represent as myself, as my brand. And I've had to do that before too. And I think when you really just stop and think about it and think about where you want the path of your success to lead, that you'll know the answer. I love that. Thank you for sharing your navigation through that as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's one that a lot of people have a hard time when it comes to finding their voice and finding their lane and and he's staying on their feed. I feel like some of the best advice I ever received more recently is that probably it was last year. I went to an event here in San Francisco, um, with juice beauty, which Gwyneth Paltrow is like the face of it. And we had about a half hour to sit down with her and just ask her. And one of the questions was, what's your best advice for being in this, um, influencer industry. And she was like, stay in your lane, you know, like keep your eyes on where you want to go and don't, it doesn't matter who's next to you and who's doing what next to you. And I've, I've definitely had to overcome that because there are bloggers, you know, within our industry, within my own community where I don't know, sometimes people just get really competitive or just think that they need to be who you are to succeed. And it's just this weird, I feel like it's everyone probably in their own industry goes through this, um, where I just was finally like, Oh, it just clicked for me. And where it's like, okay, I'm going to do me. I'm going to be exactly who I am and let that, let that portray through my posts and just through everything I do. And I don't need to worry about anyone else. I don't need to, you know, I still read blogs. So I know what people are doing and just because I enjoy that, Um, but I just need to stick, stay in my own lane and just keep my eyes ahead and follow my own road to my own success. Mm, I love that. So, so true. Um, so I want to talk about strategies because I love that you mentioned this one to me that you have tried in the past that have not worked for you and what did you do to overcome them? And you said loop giveaways. And so I would love for you to kind of share that story of, of your journey with loop giveaways and then like why you are so like against them now. 
Yeah. So, um, I'm sure there's lots of other influencers who listen to your podcast, so it'll be interesting to see how they react to this, but loop giveaways were really popular starting, I would say like spring of 2017. Um, and they did so well to begin with. And it was, it wasn't just loop giveaways. It was like the international loop giveaways where, you know, whoever the sponsor was, was someone in like I don't even know what country, just somewhere international. And they were usually, um, Latin countries or in Europe somewhere. And, you know, you'd gain so many followers at one point. I seriously gained like 50 followers, 50,000 followers. Oh my gosh. From one loop. But the thing is, is it was just like, it was this, oh, it was just this spiral of you had to do a loop giveaway and pay, I, I can admit that I paid thousands of dollars for one giveaway. So, and I'd probably did a handful of them. Um, and it was the only way to grow because it was right when the algorithm hit and no one was growing at all. And we all did them. Um, Mm -hmm. I shouldn't say we all, the majority of us did them. Mm -hmm. I would probably say 90% of the influencers I know did them Mm -hmm. and you would grow really fast within a week or two. And then, you know, you'd lose all these followers as soon as this giveaway was over. So then you'd sign up for another giveaway and just like this endless cycle (laughs) of gaining and losing and gaining and losing. And, um, it finally got to the point where I just felt like I was paying money and losing and not gaining. And me and my husband just stepped back and we were like, this is so ridiculous. Like we were just in this endless cycle and it just needs to stop. So we stopped and just for our own, I think our followers got really sick of seeing them too, which made like our followers unfollow us who are already supposed to just be following us. So that I think contributed to a lot of loss as well. But yeah, we decided to stop doing them. I think my last one was like fall of 2017, mm-hmm. like late fall, like probably October. Or so, um, and then our strategy this year was to host most of our own giveaways. So for example, we did a giveaway. Um, we gave away Taylor Swift tickets and we flew a follower and her best friend out here for the weekend and had them stay in a really fun hotel downtown San Francisco. And we took them out to brunch. And so the, the concert, we did this in, in January, January, February, and the concert was just a few weeks ago. So that was really fun. Um, I hosted a, a handbag giveaway with two of my very best friends here in San Francisco. And we just paid for the bag because we wanted our followers to have that. And I think I got like 10,000 entries on my Instagram from that, which was crazy. And it's just been a lot more fun to, you know, I'll host a giveaway with just one brand or maybe just a handful of my really close girlfriends now here and here, um, just all over the country. And I just feel like it's just more, it's just more authentic. And I'm not seeing this crazy cycle of gain and losing, gain, gain and losing. We finally got out of that rut. I would say, I would say up until a month ago, we were still losing from those loop giveaways I did last year, which was so, so insane. So that was just one example of a strategy that we thought worked at first because it was exciting to see all those new followers come in. And then it was just this endless spiral <laughs> of money and, you know, losing your audience. And, um, I think a lot of us learned from that and what not to do from that. But, you know, like I said, it's, I'm still learning trial and error all the time still, because this industry is constantly changing and platforms are constantly changing and you just kind of have to ebb and flow. And that's just how it is in this industry. It's so true. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. And hopefully it gives some encouragement and guidance to those listening today when it kind of 
revolves around the good old loop giveaways. Yeah. And I mean, it's okay to make mistakes because you will do that your whole entire life. So you will never have like this perfection of a brand and things like that. And I I feel like that's what people forget is that because, you know, Instagram is such a highlight reel and people just think your life is perfect that you don't think you'll make a mistake within your own business. But of course that happens, you know? Mm -hmm. It's so true. Awesome. Well, I would love if you could also tell us a little bit, and you you kind of dove into this with me, but I would love if you could share tips um, of how this changed for you. So I asked you to to share something that happened early on in your career. Mm -hmm. And you said that you and Robbie as a team that you, you have really realized that there's a smarter way to work that when you first started working and, and this is why I want to talk about this because this yeah. used to be me too. I'm like a recovering, like workaholic all day, but you said <laughs> yeah. that there was no off hours. You were constantly on your phones, on your laptops from the second that you woke up to the moment that you went to yes. sleep and it, you completely burn out, which is what happens. And it's, yes. it's not coming from a healthy place of mind, body, and spirit. It's just, mm-hmm. it's like the worst way that you can possibly work. And a lot of times people work that way because they have no production strategy. They have no mm-hmm. productivity guide. They have no systems or schedules or boundaries in place to help them work smarter. So yes. you had said that, um, you guys realized that there was a smarter way to work. You started implementing what that was mm-hmm. and that being an entrepreneur and influencer doesn't mean that you have to grind yourself into the ground, which I loved. So can you share yes. tips of what has changed for you and what you do now to work smarter? and kind of yes. what it used to look like, which I just kind of mentioned, but then yeah. ways that you were able to tweak it and what it looks like now. I think for so long of our building a business and my husband is probably the most motivated person you'll ever meet. I think for a long time, we were just like, you got to grind, you got to grind, you got to grind to be successful. And it honestly was within this last less than a year. So we went viral in end of July. And by the time we were home for Christmas, I was like, I don't think I have slept since July because that was crazy. And then that was all of August. And then September was fashion month. And then once I got home from that, then it was holidays, which is my busiest time. It's also my most lucrative time, but it's really, really busy. And we were traveling so much. And I just got, we got to, my husband is from Utah. We got to our family in Utah. And I just was like, I feel like I haven't slept in years. (laughs) It had been months, but I just hadn't, I just was so burnt out. And even now we are still, um, it is still a work in progress of learning this work-life balance, even up until we made some new goals, like the beginning, it's June. So the beginning of May, we made some new goals of, okay, so we're going to actually create a content calendar. I don't, I had never created a content calendar before, which was probably going to shock most people listening to this because I just kind of posted things. Um, I was doing it really, really consistently as far as like outfits and body positivity posts, but we never like laid out an actual like calendar of, okay, on this day, we're going to post this on this day, we're going to post this, et cetera, et cetera. And doing that, you know, and posting more, just working in general more intentionally. Okay. So what's the purpose of what we're doing and will it benefit us? Will it help you know, either bring our community together. So those are like body positive posts or will it drive revenue, which is also very important for what we do while also authentic, of course. Um, so just making those boundaries as far as what we're actually posting and why we're actually posting. But then, you know, also 
being more intentional about our travel for a long time. Um, we just said yes to everything and we've realized that we really have to slow down more, especially just as our life changes and evolves. And we have a lot more going on behind the scenes this year that we can't share yet, but we're working on and can't, and just have a lot going on that to be able to travel and work at the same time is really, really hard because usually when we're traveling, we are having to spend all day, doing activities or meeting with brands while traveling, et cetera, et cetera. So you get home at night and it's just like, I have 50 emails to get back to and I have to plan a blog post and then like where does sleep come in, you know? So just being more intentional about everything and really drawing those boundaries of, okay, it's 8 PM. Let's put our phones down and spend time together outside of work. You know, that line really blurs since we work together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's watch a movie or a show or you know, go on date night on Friday night and just really trying to be more aware of what we're doing because you don't have to grind yourself down. You know, it's obviously very important to work hard and, um, to do so with passion, but we have learned that that is the fastest way to burn out. (laughs) Oh yeah. So just, you know, trying to set better boundaries and being more intentional. Those would be my best two tips for that. Awesome. Well, before we wrap up today, Sarah, I would love if you could let us know what new and exciting things are coming up for you, as well as where can people find you online and find you on social media and start to follow you? Yes. Well, we have a very exciting announcement coming. I think we are going to announce at the end of June. um, And that is going to be probably the biggest thing we've announced in a really, really long time. So I can't share that yet, but stay tuned. Um, As far as the rest of the year, we have some really exciting travels coming up. I'm actually going to Peru in July, and we have just a bunch of other fun trips on the docket. Um, We, Like I said, there's a lot of things um, that we are hoping to do in the next year or two as far as like our own podcast and possibly a book. And definitely, I think that's my most asked question as far as having a product line in the near future. Those things are all to come. They're all something that we're both passionate about. So it just, you know, it's just a process, but you can find me at sassierlipstick.com. That's my blog. My Instagram handle is also sassierlipstick. Feel free to email me anytime Sarah at sassierlipstick.com or DM me. I, like I said, I answer all of my messages because it's really important to me to stay in tune with my followers and to have real relationships with them. Awesome. Well, if you're listening and you want to dive deeper into this, as well as some of my personal takeaways and notes, you can of course find those at theinfluencerpodcast.com. We'll also be sharing all the links that uh, Sarah just mentioned now on there as well for you to be able to easily click and find them. And Sarah, just thank you again so much for coming today and sharing your story and just giving us so much uplift and encouragement to continue on our own passions. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome, Julie. Thanks so much for having me. Wanting even more influencer podcast goodness and to connect with like-minded influencers? Join our Facebook community for daily tips on how to up-level your business and chat with myself and other listeners. All you got to do is visit facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the influencer podcast to be a part of this wonderful community. Are you ready to create your own industry-leading influence? For show notes, downloads, and action-based tips, head to www.theinfluencerpodcast.com, where you can find out more about this week's episode, guest, and our host, Julie Solomon. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please take a minute to go to iTunes and leave a review so we can help other influencers like yourself build their own successful business.